Welcome to A Life Designed. My name is Tina Heisman. I teach busy moms how to get everything done and still have time and energy for themselves. My passion is for helping women create more heart-to-heart connection with their husband and children so they can feel deeply fulfilled in those most important relationships. The topic of today's podcast is why you shouldn't help your husband solve his problems. But before we get started, I have something for you. It is my ultimate guide to guilt-free self-care. It's a guide to help you take care of yourself in mind, body, and spirit so you can feel like your best self every day. Visit my website, tinaheisman.com, to download it. I'd also like to invite you to my private group on Facebook where you can come to get positive inspiration for your life. Search A Life Designed in the Facebook search bar. And now let's dive in and talk about why you shouldn't help your husband solve his problems. Because it is so tempting, isn't it? Just imagine your husband comes home from work and he's frustrated about something and you want to tell him how to handle it. You're a smart person. You have great ideas and you want to help him, right? If you've ever done this, have you ever noticed that maybe he got angry with you after you tried to make suggestions? Uh-huh, me too. Or maybe he just kind of brushed you off or was a little grisly or something. Yeah, so there's a reason for this. And there's something important that you might not know. When we give our husband advice on how to handle his problems, the message he hears is that we think he is not capable of figuring it out on his own. I know that might sound crazy, but it's true. It honestly hurts them deeply when we try to help them solve their problems, unless they are expressly asking for advice. And even in that case, I would be careful (laughs) about giving it, asking them, making sure, are you sure you really want advice? So there's reasoning behind this. You might remember I've talked about social researcher Shanti Feldhahn quite a bit, right? And she's taught us something about men that relates to this and that there is a series of questions that haunt our husbands. Those questions are, am I able? Do I measure up? Am I any good at what I do? When surveyed, 75 to 85% of men said these questions are circulating in their minds most of the time. That's crazy. More than anything, our husbands want to know that we think they are rock stars, that we think they can handle any problem that comes their way. So when we offer suggestions to our husband's problems, we are actually doing more harm than good. It would be better to tell them that we believe in them and we know that they will figure it out. Hard, right? So you're probably like, well, what do I do if I don't give advice? Instead of offering your advice of wisdom, I thought I would sort of illustrate a little story to help you see um, because I've had many failures in this advice giving and help giving situations before I got here to where I am today. But here's a really good story that I would love to share with you that helps with that spirit of telling them that we believe in them and that we know that they will figure it out. And so there was time, there was a time several years ago when I noticed that my husband was aggravated. He was after work. And so I asked him what was bothering him and he shared with me what he was frustrated about. 
and I let him tell his story and I stopped what I was doing to like actively listen, made eye contact and expressed my understanding of how frustrating that must be. He wasn't asking for my advice. He was just, I could just tell he was crabby. And so I just asked and I just listened. And so for the record, this is like a five-star way to handle the situation. I was going to say it's the best way to handle the situation, but there could be there could be something out there that will rank right up there with it. But it it's the idea of just really listening, being actively present for them, and just kind of holding the space for them to be annoyed and frustrated, right? That's all we want. We we all want to be like heard and seen, and that's what you can do for your husband. But this was really hard for me, even on that day. And I bet you can relate because in this situation, this, because this might be a question that you would ask me. In this situation, I had judgment around his situation. Honestly, between you and me, don't tell him. I thought he was wrong and that he was not in a good place to see it. In my mind, I'm like, mm, I think he just wants to do what he wants to do. And I want to put out there that I am not saying that I am correct with those thoughts. That's just what I was thinking. Like in the moment, I was like, "Mm, I think he's wrong about this and I'm right. But instead of opening my mouth, I held those thoughts captive. God tells us to do that, right? And I'm sharing this with you so that you can see how holding our thoughts captive can be the most helpful, loving thing we can do for our spouse and ourselves for that matter. What I have learned in my life is that every thought that comes into my mind does not need to come out of my mouth. (laughs) If you've been listening to my podcast for any length of time, you've probably heard me say that. So in the past, I might have pushed him to talk about it more because he he was frustrated, you know. I might have shared my opinion and told him what I thought he should do. I might have been frustrated that he was crabby. And I might even have let his crabbiness infect me. Has that ever happened to you? It really stinks when that happens because then you have two crabby people instead of just one crabby person. Am I right? Plus, my job as a wife, I mean, I know we can't always do this, but is to support my husband, not to create more stress. At least I don't want to create more stress. I certainly don't do it on purpose. And I know you don't either, but just trying to get myself in the right mindset, right? And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of these things. And so in this story that I'm telling you now, I'm just so grateful that I had learned so much by this time and that I decided to support him by letting him lead the way for the evening. Like instead of trying to take over and fix his crabbiness or whatever, or fix him, I just let it be and let him do what he wanted to do with his emotions. This was amazing, by the way. It's kind of freeing to not trying to be um, helping people with their emotions all the time. (laughs) So it was really good. And he wasn't like an unbearable, you know, bear or anything like that. He was just crabby and, and rightfully so. He was frustrated. And he didn't like, it wasn't like terrible where he was taking out on us. You know what I mean? Like there are times I think where you might need to maybe walk away or say, hey, I think you might be taking that out on me. But this wasn't one of those instances. He was just kind of simmering on the inside. So later on that night, as we were going to bed, I thought about bringing it up again, like to let him talk it out a bit knowing that men are sometimes more talkative when they don't have to look us straight in the eyes. So like bedtime in the dark can be a great time for meaningful conversations. But in this situation, I thought better of it. I knew that he was exhausted 
And I was kind of thinking nothing productive is going to come out of this. I thought the best thing would be to just let it be. And so instead of doing that, I just prayed for him. And I prayed that God would grant him the wisdom to see the situation with fresh eyes in the morning and to help him find possible solutions. And so the next morning, uh, between you and me, I I woke him up early for some intimate time. Um, and because sometimes when you have teenagers in the house that stay up later than you, that's what you have to do. But I digress um, with that story there. But but I did want to share, like, I did something nice for him, basically, right? I did something nice for him. And then we went outside and had coffee and sat outside. Um, and the sun was rising and the weather was gorgeous, and the birds were chirping and coming to the bird feeder, and the skies were clear and blue, which is wonderful when, we're, when you live in Chicago. Um, and so we were just outside, and I was working on my prayer time, um, my journal, journaling and praying, and he was working on his computer. And I didn't know exactly what he was up to, but I had a feeling that he was working on his problem. And neither of us had really had enough coffee to talk yet, so we didn't really necessarily talk for a while. But after I finished praying, then I went inside to work out. And when I was finished, I came I came back and, and he shared with me that he had found solutions to his problem. And that that morning he had already taken action steps toward getting several of them going in the right direction. And I could see and feel his happy and hopeful mood. And he said, I just couldn't deal with it yesterday. I was too burned out. And so I told him that I understood and that I thought his action steps were awesome and exciting. That's great. And then he like did something nice for me. He said, how about if I drive Tyler to school? And I was like, that would be amazing. Thank you. And so he did. And I just, I, I want to share this story with you because of course it was a story gone right. And I think many of us, Many of you might do the same thing that I used to do, where we push them to talk about it, or we give them advice, or we take their crabbiness personally, right? And none of those things are actually really healthy, right? And so I just want to share with you that trying a different approach, I like to think of it like an experiment. So maybe... If it's not working for you, like if you notice you get in, you guys get in a fight maybe or things get really tense when you try to help him or give him advice, maybe try a different approach. And do you remember that little bit there that I mentioned just spending some intimate time in the morning? And I would, I just want to point something out about that. I said it was, I did something nice for him. And here's what I want to say about that. I think that culture tells us that sex for a man is primarily a physical desire. But research actually proves otherwise. It is very emotional for them. So when your husband knows that you desire him, it gives him confidence in every other area of his life. It speaks to his heart. It tells him that he is enough and that you want to be with him. Think about this story in this big picture. Your husband has a rough day at work. He's feeling down and frustrated. And maybe like everyone is against him. But there you are, strong and supportive and even desiring him when he feels like the rest of the world is against him. It's powerful, powerful stuff. 
So I want you to keep that in your back pocket for someday in the future in case your husband might come home from work crabby. Okay, so I think that is enough for today. I hope that was really helpful. And I know all of this marriage talk is easier said than done and all of our situations are unique. And so if you would like to work on this with a coach, reach out to me for a complimentary consultation. We'll talk about it and I can help you. And I have one last request. If you love this podcast, would you consider going out on iTunes and giving me a five-star rating to help other women know that this podcast is valuable and might help them? Okay, that would mean so much to me. I really do appreciate it. And I hope this was helpful. I'll see you next time.